Well, tonight, uh, tonight, I'm starting <clears throat> our foundation series that's going to run until we're done. And uh, so I'm not going to say how long it's going to be, but we're going we're gonna to teach it till we're finished. Amen? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> there ain't nothing that excites me more than teaching on foundation. And, and you know, what I notice is, what I notice as, as time's gone on, I mean, I, I've, I've been around for a little while, you know, I'm, I'm 33 now, and uh, so I've been around, but, nah, I'm a little older than that, but I've been around for a while, I've been pastoring for over 23 years, I've been born again almost 35 years, and through the years, and just meeting people and not being judgmental, not, I'm, I'm not saying this in any critical way whatsoever, in any way, I'm not saying it critically, I'm saying it as as a personal judgment, that what so many Christians lack is foundation. And, and, and Jesus said, Jesus made this point, that if you don't dig deep and build a foundation, that when the storms come, everybody say when, when. not if. See, we're not, we're not storm-proof people because we love God. See, well, we're not storm-proof, I mean storm-free, we're, we are storm-proof. In that story in Matthew 7 and in Luke, whatever it was, the, the, the winds and the rain beat against both houses, but the one that had the strong foundation is the one that was able to stand. And if you don't have foundation in your life, if you're not founded on on who you are in Christ. And we got three levels of foundation that we'll be teaching over the next few weeks. And, and tonight we're starting with the foundation level of faith. Or the way I want to say it is the statement of faith that a person has to have established on the inside of them. Not a, not a, doctrinal, not a doctrinal religious belief of what the faith is, but a foundational statement of faith where you know who you are in Christ that we're going to begin to talk about tonight, that, that you understand what real repentance is, that you understand the benefit and the empowerment of water baptism. Easter Sunday, we, we've got another water baptism. We're going to have a great time with that. If you haven't signed up, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. The foundational truth of the person of the Holy Spirit and then understanding the family of God in the world of the church. Because the house of God is the church, which is the pillar of truth. And the church is his body, and the fullness of him fills all and all of us. And so there are foundational truths that we need to understand to be able to build the house that God once built. See, he's building his church, he's building his house but we are here to make disciples. I'm going to say it again. God is building his church, but he can't build his church with undiscipled people. In other words, people that don't think like him, he can't build the church with people like that. So, so when we look out and we see, well, you know, the church is this, and we're critical of the church and all that kind of stuff, the reason why is because so much of the church has ignored the Great Commission. The Great Commission was to not go water baptize people. The Great Commission was to go immerse people in revelation of who Father is, who Son is, and who Holy Ghost is. 
And without those revelational foundational truths, we can't, we can't really effectively be a part of what God is building. So let me just, if, if you pictured God building something, what would it look like to you? Think about it for a minute. If you pictured God in the building stages of something, and he was building something, I mean, would you just picture it being some, you know, like the leaning tower of Pisa? Well, you know, we got that wrong, you know. Wow, well, that's good enough. Good enough for the church. That's not God. When God builds, he builds excellent, you know. And when he is building us, he intends for us to be built in an excellent way. So we've got to be renewed, and we have to have foundation established, or what will happen is you won't be able to stand the tests and the storms and the stuff that comes beating against your house, and it will come. I said it will come. Say will. Will. Not if, it will. And it's going to come, and it'll beat against your house, and, and difficult times will come because the Bible says that they will come. But we become storm-proof people that can handle anything. I'll give you this little story. This really happened. Since my wife isn't here tonight, I can just say it did happen, and she agrees. Right, honey? Yes. <laughs> um, but this really happened. I lived in the Rio Grande Valley, and I don't remember what the hurricane was that came blowing through the, the, the valley when we lived down there. Which one was that mean? Yeah. Can't remember. Yeah, maybe one of those. Some name. Some guy's name, I think. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, it came blowing through the valley. And the news media and everybody, man, they had it covered. And it was going to destroy the Rio Grande Valley. It was going to hit. At, it was going to hit land down in the Brownsville area at about 165 miles an hour. And it was going to work its way up. And where we lived was about an hour and ten minutes from the coast there up in McAllen, and here comes this hurricane. Well, about three days before it hit, it was on a Wednesday night at church where I was attending church, and that day, God told me to pray against that thing and command that thing to turn. And I had never heard anything like that. And I'd never heard anybody turn, but then I, you know, at the, at the time, I'm remembering Jesus commanding the storm to stop, you know? And so I went to my pastor and I said, you know, man, God gave me this thing good. You're going to pray tonight in church. No, no, I didn't mean that. Hey, hey, I want you. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying God gave me this thing and I'm praying against this. And he said, you're going to do it at church. And we did it that night. And I left there that night knowing that it wasn't going to hit the way, I mean, it was going to, there was going to be storms and wind and different things, but it wasn't going to do what they said. Well, all over the Rio Grande Valley, all over the valley, everywhere you turned, people had windows, doors, and everything boarded up, bam, bam, every, every place. I don't remember one place that didn't, that was not boarded up in the valley, except my house. Because I knew something. I, I, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to work something up. I heard something. I heard it. And long story short, I mean, 
the, the authorities came by my house and said, sir, you got to board your house up. I said, it's not going to hit. Oh, yeah, it is. They said it's going to hit. I said, no, I heard something else, you know. <laughs> and he said, it's not going to hit. Long story short, the highest the winds got in McAllen was 65 miles an hour. We had 65 mile an hour winds here the other day, right? Nothing got turned over, nothing, but, but in Brownsville, I mean, the media got so freaked out because it didn't hit that they took pictures of old dilapidated places that probably could have pushed over. Well, you know, it looked like this kind of, this happened. And I'm not making fun of them, I'm just saying, I'm saying, we've got to know the authority and what we have a right to do. You understand? We've got to know that because we don't want to be a bunch of flakes and a bunch of weirdos doing goofy things all the time that nothing ever comes out of it. You understand? We've got to know the Holy Ghost and we've got to know how to hear His voice and we've got to have foundational truths established on the inside of us so that we know how to do what He wants done in the earth. Because I'm telling you, God has a plan. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it's appeared to be in the earth and in the financial world and in all kinds of governmental worlds and everything else. Do not underestimate the anointing of God flowing through his people. So just be one of those that's willing to establish foundation and say, you know what? God, use me. Use me. Doesn't matter. Come hell or high water. The whole world can go to hell in a basket, you know, everything around us. But our world, the world that we live in, can, can be framed by what we say, then we can help the rest of the world. See, it's not a, this selfish thing. We've we got to know who we are so that we can help the rest of the world, right? So we're here to do it. So tonight, and for the next few weeks on Wednesday, we're going to talk about establishing foundation. I want, to, I want you to, I want to start with, and we'll read this verse several times in the next few weeks, but all the way to the back of the book, right before Revelation, the little bitty book of Jude, the little bitty one chapter of Jude. I kinda, you ever feel sorry for this guy? He gets one chapter, you know? Man. Anyway. <clears throat> Verse 3, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. So, tonight, foundation level one is the faith, the statement of faith. What faith has to connect to. And the first thing, I've got five things that faith has to connect to. And the first thing is that we're going to discuss tonight is faith in Christ. Having faith in Christ Jesus. And having faith about what it means to you to be in Christ. 
in Christ. In Christ. Now look at um, Ephesians. We're going to look at a few, few verses here tonight. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse... Verse 13. Well, let's just back up to 11. Let's start with verse 11. Therefore, remember that you once, Gentile, uh, that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now, but when? Now. When? Now. When? Now. It was now then, but it's now now. But now, now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You were away, but now you've been brought near right now. Right now, we are in Christ. Right now, it needs to mean something to you to be in Christ. You know, in, in Austin, in Austin, the legislature is in session. They're in session right now. And, and they're only in session like every two years, right? Yeah. So, but right now, the legislature is in session. So, what does it mean to be in? They're just all sitting around, you know, doing nothing, sipping on some Kool-Aid and, you know, doing absolutely nothing and caring about nothing. I promise you it's not that way. They're in session. They're in deliberations. They're, they're in uh, debating and, and, and working out issues and working out certain things. They're in a session where something is being accomplished. See, what happens is the day that you get born again, you are in Christ. Hold your place right there because we'll come back there in just a second. But I want you to look at 2 Corinthians. Very familiar verse. <clears throat> but I want you to look at it in the light of what we're talking about tonight. 2 Corinthians 5, and verse, starting with verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And we'll, we'll finish those few verses in a moment, but I want, I want to just stress this point right here. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You were once far off, but now by the blood of Jesus, you've been brought to right now. See? And what needs to be happening right now is you need to be in session. You and I need to be in session now, deliberating and working out this salvation thing. See, spiritually, there's no working out any salvation. If you accepted Jesus, if you accepted Jesus into your own life, okay, then you're born again. If you made confession and you believed in your heart, the Bible says you are born of the Spirit of God. But there's a soulish salvation that's got to be worked out on a day-to-day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day basis. 
So I've got to be in session right now realizing that where I've come from is over. And where I am right now is brand new. How often? Every single day. Because the devil will chase your hind in and whoop your hind in all day long and, and whoop it around the house and around anything and everything that you do if you're constantly reminded of every mistake that you've ever made. There's not anybody in here that hasn't made mistakes. Many of you made mistakes today and you know it. Maybe you were pulling out of some place, you were in a convenience store and you were pulling out and somebody cut you off and, you know, maybe you did some things that weren't real nice. Maybe you showed them one of your fingers, you know? I mean, maybe you got hot over a situation. You know, you can appear to be spiritual and you can appear you've got it all together and it's all this, but listen, listen, the more you do for God, the more storms of life that will come and knock against your house. And what they're going to find out is that on a day-to-day basis, are you in deliberation with God? Are you working out this salvation thing with God? Because God is not going to work it out for you. Actually, God's done everything he's ever going to do. When I do my part in developing this and learning what it means to be in him, and develop this in-him relationship, and have this deliberation going on on a day-to-day basis, then everything that he's already done begins to be released for me. Now, think about this. Go to Ephesians 1, and then we'll go back to Ephesians 2. I don't have a lot of time tonight, because I spent too much time on my intro. My long story about the faith man that I am to turn the storms. Anyway, um, Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Look at this with me just for a second. In Him, in Christ, in Him, we have redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace, not according to how good you are. Okay? In him we have redemption. In him we have redemption. And I want to define just two or three little simple little definitions for redemption because I'm going somewhere with this. Redemption is to be free from by paying a price. We know that Jesus liberated and freed us by the unselfish price that he paid. It's what redemption is. Redemption also is to deliver someone from one position or place to another. We were far off and now we've been brought here. We are totally away from God, aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, you know, strangers to the covenants of promise. We were without God and no hope in the world, right? No hope. That was one place we were at. But now we've been brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. Bam! Now we're right here. See? And now is time to be in session. And if you've been born again for 15 years, and, and things have got dry, and you're tired, and 
you feel beat up and left dead and left, you know, just to get run over and, and, and taken advantage of and you feel all these things, it's time to get in session. See, because God takes us where we're at. Sometimes we're on mountaintop highs, man, we're excited, God's there. But even when you don't feel that way, God's still there. And what you have to purpose to do is to remind yourself, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation right now. You may have got born again 25 years ago, see? But today you've got to realize you're a new creation today in Christ. Old things are passed away and behold, everything is brand new. What the crud does that mean? I was born at night, but not last night. I think it just means what it says. It means all things are passed away. So if God's not paying attention to the things of the past, then I need to quit paying attention. And the more I get in session with him and deliberate with him and find out about what he did, and my focus is on him, then I can leave these things behind me. And when these things stay behind me, man, I can press into today. I'm not going to live in, you know, what it's going to be like in 15 years from now. I mean, you can have goals for the future, but man, make some reasonable goals. Set some six-month and one-year goals. I mean, begin to allow the things of God to become a part of you. See, get in session with God and realize everything is brand new today. His mercies are new for you every single day. His forgiveness is here for you. He wants to empower you to overcome in every situation. See, and that's what this deliberation process that's why it has to be intact on a day-to-day -day basis. This isn't try it for three days and just, you know, take a vacation. Try it for three weeks and then just, no. We got to stay with this until it becomes so a part of our life, it becomes so a part of us, that we don't look to anything or anybody else in life. There's always going to be times when you, we, we need each other, right? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. We need each other. I mean, don't tell the wrong person that you need them. You know what I'm saying? Okay, come on. Come on. <clears throat> we need each other. You understand? You and I need each other. But I'm telling you what, you're no good for the next person if you're not in Christ. We just got to work it out. It's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. We make it bigger than it really is. It's really simple to be in Christ. Now watch. Second definition. Well, I didn't finish the first one. To deliver from one position to another, to complete. Redemption is a completed work. To atone for. Then the second definition I have is for the word atonement. And atonement is to reconcile. Every obstacle removed for reconciliation. The atonement didn't cover sin, it annihilated sin. It removed every obstacle. The blood of Jesus Christ removed every obstacle that kept mankind from being redeemed. Every obstacle is what the blood of Jesus did. Why would I want to spend time meditating on a whole lot of other things other than what it did for me? And the more I meditate on it, the stronger I get. 
And the more I understand about what I'm here for, and the more I'm able to be a part of what God is building, and the more I'm not here about myself. See, most of the world is in it for themselves. See? Most people are in it to be the next American Idol. Well, the problem, you, know, you understand, I, I watch American Idol, I like it. I like, to, I, I like watching American Idol. But, but I'm saying, most people are in it for them, see? It's about what I can do and what I can do for myself. But that, that, that's backwards from the kingdom. So we got to take time getting extracted from some of the wrong thinking so that we can intermingle with people that are all about themselves so they can get set free of themselves because, because, listen, all the people that, that people want to emulate, all, all the people that are, quote, heroes out there, most of them got horrible lives. Hmm? I mean, do you ever watch Seeking the Stars or whatever the show is? I mean, finding out about the stars, life, what, what, what's that show? True Hollywood Stories. Yeah, the True Hollywood Stories. Huh? Seeking, seeking the Stars, True Hollywood Stories, something like that. I mean, do you ever watch it? I mean... I mean, somewhere, so every once in a while, there's a couple that stays together, like, like uh, Paul Newman and his wife. They were together for all those years. I thought, you know, found out later they lived apart from each other for half the year, but, you know, I mean, whatever it takes. But, but at least they made it. Yeah, you understand? But, but most of them, they got these horrible lives. And it looks like it's all that, and they're horrible lives. They live horrible, destructive lives, married and, and all kinds of everything. Beat up and left for dead and all. I mean, it's horrible stuff. Why? Because they're in it for themselves. There's nothing wrong with being a star, nothing wrong with prospering, nothing wrong with good things in life, you know? But we just got to get it in priority, and the only way you can do it, listen, you can try every other religion on the planet, and you're not going to find it. The only way you can do it is understanding what it means to be in deliberation with the king of this universe. He made it all. He wants to prosper you. He wants to advance you. He wants to put you on high and, and you not be underneath. He wants you on top. He wants people to look at you and say, man, what's the deal with this person? What's the deal with this guy? What, what, what is it about these people? We don't want to be stuffy religious people. We want to be people in Christ. We want to be people that understand what it means to be in Christ, what it, what it means to be atoned for, to, to be redeemed by the blood of someone else and someone else's sacrifice, a true human being that Jesus was. He delivered me by his own blood. He chose to liberate all of mankind, and we've got to understand that. So, in the, next, in the next just few minutes, I, wanna, I, want to, I want you to go back to 2 Corinthians, and we'll come back to Ephesians 2. I don't want to leave Ephesians 2 out, you know. You might not feel good about it. Anyway, Ephesians 5, back there. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, everything has become new. Now, all things, now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. See, atonement, the atonement of the blood of Jesus removed every obstacle so that you and I could be reconciled. We could be brought back to God. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself, 
How? Through Christ. And has given us the ministry to reconcile other people. So he reconciled us, okay? He's brought us back, but he's given us the ministry to bring others back. See? So, so now, this is, now it's a duplication process where we're learning in our lives that God so loved us that he gave his son, but it's more than that. He, 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 he created this partnership with man. He did his part, and now he wants us to embrace the Great Commission and make disciples, but make disciples of him, not make disciples of unrenewed crud in us. See, if you're jealous, God doesn't want that jealousy on the next person that you're discipling, right? He wants you to get free of jealousy so you can help other people be free. You see, you got bitterness and unforgiveness. He don't want the bitterness and unforgiveness in you to get off on someone else. That, that's, that's not disciple. That's not training and making somebody follow after God because what they're going to see in you is what's going to get off on them. So in the past, the church has kind of been a mess because we've not been discipled people. And we've not been people that understood what it was to be in deliberation with the God of the universe. To be in session with God on a day-to-day basis. If you don't remember anything I said tonight, you leave here with that singed in your forehead, realizing that you need to be in session with God every day. Amen? So, we've been reconciled back to God, right? So now, our number one purpose on the planet, all of mankind, is not your job, your career, but to be a minister of reconciliation. So then whatever your job and career and whatever it is that you do and you become the next American Idol or whatever it is that you become, see, you've got that ministry of reconciliation because of your deliberation with God, then wherever you go, your life touches people. Right? That's all we want. That's all God wants. He just wants your life to touch people with him. Not you kind of knowing him, but touching people mostly with your crud. Amen. So, Romans 3. a couple more and then I'll stop and we'll pick it up next week. Romans 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, all of us and all of humanity and everybody that ever lived or ever will live has already sinned. Okay? We've all sinned and fallen short. But we've been justified by His grace. And see, I've got to understand that because the devil who has no power over your life whatsoever except what you give him through ignorance and through not understanding certain things, will come and tell you that Jesus died for everybody and he justified everybody by his grace except for this ugly thing that you did. And that's where he traps us. That's where he traps people. 
And so you stay with, he's got his hands around your neck choking you out and choking the word out because this thing hasn't been through deliberation. See, if all the laws came to the state of Texas in like pieces of paper and they sat on a desk and there was never an in session where they, where they worked it out, the laws, okay, we, we sent our paper, we sent all this stuff, this is what's supposed to happen, but there was no deliberation. So we know in Scripture here, we know in Scripture certain things and we know in our head certain things, but if we don't take what we think we know and get in session with God about it, it never becomes reality. So you can sit here and hear what I'm telling you tonight about this basic foundation of what it means to be in Christ, but if you do nothing with it, it'll just be something that you remember pastor preached, you know, two weeks, four weeks, two years, five years down the road. Yeah, I remember, I remember some guy at the, some building, strange building, and he was preaching something about that. Yeah, I remember that. Does nothing. Does nothing. And you stayed unrenewed. Because you didn't do anything with what you heard. The children of Israel didn't prosper, didn't overcome, found themselves in a mess of trouble because they didn't mix faith with the things that they heard. So we're here to see this thing established on the inside of us that we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and everything that means to us. I've got to work it out myself. Amen? So write this down and then we'll start this next week. <clears throat> we've been redeemed, number one, from spiritual death. We've been redeemed, number two, from sickness and disease. And we've been redeemed, number three, from poverty and lack in every area. Not just in the monetary world, but in every area. Spirit, soul, and body, we're a three-part being. We've been redeemed from spiritual death. We've been redeemed from sickness and disease of any kind. And we've been redeemed from poverty and lack of any kind. We've been redeemed from. Remember, remember, redemption takes you from a place, but brings you to a place. We've been redeemed from these things, but we've been redeemed to, to God. G-O-D. We've been redeemed from these things, but been redeemed and brought to God. Now write these two verses down, follow with me as I read these to you, and then we'll end with this. Revelation chapter 5, Revelation 5 and verse 9, Revelation 5 and 9, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God. You have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and every tongue and every nationality of people and every nation and have made us, God has made you and I, Paupers and beggars. Is that what it says? No. He's made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Listen. 
I've been redeemed from spiritual death. I'm born again. I ain't going to hell. How about you? I'm born again. I ain't going to hell. Amen? But with that, with that, I'm healed. Tonight, my wife is not sitting here tonight because she's been attacked in her body. But you know what? The Word says she's healed. She chose to stay home, not because she's not in faith, because she needed to rest. She got hammered in her body, okay? Something opened up, a door opened, she got hit in her body, but we're hammering it with the Word, we're staying on it with the Word, and by a stripe, she is healed. Settled. See, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Well, you know, if she's healed, then what? No, no, no. Storms come. Stuff comes. Things hammer against us. We're not free of that, but we're storm-proof. Why? Because I've been redeemed from sickness and disease, and if I've been in deliberation and I've worked it out, when sickness and disease comes knocking at the door, I've already been in deliberation, so I know what to do. All day, every day, attacks came against some of my kids. Attack one morning, I woke up. You know what I'm saying? I woke up. Oh, I could feel that thing. First thing's out of my mouth. Father, I thank you. Glory to God. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed. Amen. I don't care what the symptoms, the symptoms being removed issue, that's not my part. That's not my part. You couldn't heal a fly or even a fly's wing. That's his part. And his part has already been done. I'm healed because I know I'm redeemed, right? And what have I been redeemed to? God. God. Look, the kids are probably busting out. Wait a minute. Last verse. Romans 6. And then we'll, we'll take it up here next week. Romans 6. i got to read this. Watch this. Wow, 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 wow. Romans 6. And verse 8. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, man. And this we're going to pick up right here. Now, if we died with Christ... Listen, you gotta, you got to be in deliberation because if you died with him, you got to know you're alive with him. Nobody else on the planet ever in the history of the, the planet that we know ever died, went to the grave, and rose. Muhammad's still in the grave, right? All the other, all the other gods of all the other religions are still in the grave. Only one came out. And on Sunday... Easter Sunday, when we baptize the ones in water, as you've been water baptized, when you go in the water, you're representing dying the death, but you come up out of the water in what? Newness of life. And there's an empowerment there that he's talking about right here. There's an empowerment that I've got to believe in. There's not power in the water, you know? We, we, we put some, some, a little bit of water from the Jordan. No, that's not going to do it. We'll put a little bit of oil from Israel. No, that's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's a belief system. See, i got to believe if I died with him, I rose with him. Hmm? And if so, watch, watch. 
and I'm, I'm through with these, two, these three verses, 17 verses here. Right. Knowing that, I also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. See, I've been delivered from spiritual death. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Everybody say, to God. And it goes on to say that sin shall not ever have dominion over him. So I say, sin shall not have dominion over me. See, because I've been in deliberation realizing I've got power over sin. When I came up out of the water, I had to be baptized. I had to be water baptized three times because I was such a mess. So the third time out, man, I'm realizing I'm coming up out of the water with the understanding and the revelation that I'm walking now in the newness of life and sin will not have dominion over me. Not. And i got to work it out because, man, stuff comes, temptations come, thoughts come. You know, and you do this thing, that thing, all this stuff and junk and hammering you upside the head, trying to tell you the worthless thing, worst thing that's ever happened, you know, on the planet is you because of the thoughts you have. No, the thoughts come. It's what we do with the thoughts. And, man, when you've been in deliberation with God and you've got a lust problem, and all of a sudden God goes, you don't want that. You don't need that. She's not yours. He's not yours. You don't need that. That's somebody else's daughter. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be messing with that kind of mess. You, you don't need any of that stuff. Whew. See, but when you haven't been in deliberation, it's like, bam, 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 bam. And that's all the enemy has to work with. That's all he has to work with is make sure you get in a situation that you shouldn't be in and you don't know how to get out of it. The God of this universe has empowered you and I to overcome every time. We're not storm-free, but man, we become storm-proof people. Bam! Father, tonight, wow. Lord, tonight, Lord, I, I, I thank you. I thank you that you're real. I thank you that for almost 35 years you've been proving yourself to me how real you are. God, I'm so thankful that I can stand up in front of these people tonight and teach something that I believe. It's not, I'm not perfect, but I believe it. And, and what you've done for me, you're doing for them. And, and, and some of the people that are sitting here tonight, you've done even more for them than you've done for me. It's not a competitive thing. But Lord, I'm so thankful tonight for your spirit in me kept me from quitting at so many different times in my life. My connection to you and the empowerment with you enabled me to withstand and to deal with the storms that came and they beat and hit and hammered. And Lord, I pray for that for every person tonight. That no matter what's coming against their life, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, I don't care what it is, that you have already redeemed them. You've pulled them out of that place and set them in another place. And as they deliberate with you, that I believe from this night forward it become more real than it's ever been in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Yeah. And amen. Glory to God. Listen to me. <laughs>